0: Welcome to Your Lot and Parcel Podcast with your host, Benjamin Diaz, designed strictly for you, the consumer. You will find that this platform has your best interests at heart. Welcome to this episode. This is Benjamin Diaz, your host. We will be spending time with a professional appraiser, much like the North Star guided the mariners throughout the ages to traverse the open seas. This gentleman is going to guide us through the process of what goes into a home appraisal to form an opinion of value, which, uh, incidentally, are principles that are applied across the country. He has performed approximately 15,000 appraisals, obviously very seasoned gentleman, as the owner of North Star Appraisal Services. Come along with me, and let's meet John Gritchin. Hello there John. Thank you for being our guest uh, here today. I appreciate you taking time to discuss the the appraisal um, industry to us a little bit. So John, if you would be so kind to tell us about your your company or and your or, or your organization if you if you could do that for us to begin with. Yeah, definitely.
1: So uh the company is North Star Appraisal Services. Um I started this back in 2006 uh shortly after getting licensed after about two years being a trainee, uh, working for my mentor, uh, here in South Orange County mm-hmm. and, uh, North star, the name North star actually was the idea of my former partner. And, um, we, uh, got a website going, some, uh, obviously like business cards and all that. So I was, sure. that time I was pretty young. I was only about 25, 26. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been my real my first real profession out of college or my first real job so mm-hmm. still kind of green between the years but uh, uh the biggest uh, problem back then was you know a year or two after we got started we had the big recession oh, the wow. housing crisis so it was tough going in the beginning um and uh I'll fast forward a little bit to last few years uh, obviously the markets recovered and um I've got four trainees now that work for me. One just got licensed recently. So three active trainees, one um, woman who uh, works kind of as a contractor with me uh, on a fee split basis. <laughs> so there's basically myself and four other junior appraisers that I have under my wing. And uh, yeah. They're all older than me. They all have more life experience than me. I'm 38 and all my trainees are in there. Um uh, 50s or older so it's kind of <laughs> unique experience man yeah managing people with a lot more life experience and yeah. uh, than myself and some of them have even uh, more education background as me like uh, a masters in music and, and oh, one of them has an mba so it's definitely i guess uh, I'm fortunate to have such experienced oh, yeah. uh, associates working with me but uh, anyway, so we we do mostly Orange and LA County valuations. Uh, we do commercial and residential appraising, um, as well as uh, industrial properties. We mm-hmm. also offer consulting services, uh, consulting okay. in form of if somebody's looking to maybe list their home, sure. we can do um, like analysis of the market and let them know if it's a good time to list, mm-hmm. kind of what the ballpark value they can get for their home, etc. cetera. So. Mm-hmm. We try to do as much as we can in that valuation arena to help our clients for many reasons. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. the main one, you know, to make money, right, we want to come Absolutely. to us for various needs. Sure. So, like I said, we cover Orange and LA counties predominantly, but sometimes we do venture out in Riverside, mm-hmm. uh, San Diego, and some Bernardino counties down here.
0: Yeah. Very good. You know, I do love the the name of the of uh, your organization, North Star. You know, that's uh, I love that. I really do. But uh, I believe that's what the uh, mariners used to traverse the open seas, right? Uh, yes, yes. North Star was always uh, trustworthy. <laughs> it's always dependable. Yes. So I, I like that. I, I really do. It's a good metaphor. Very good metaphor. So, uh, John, tell us uh, what what goes into a home appraisal uh, to to form a, an opinion on value. Can Can you walk us through? The mechanics on that?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, we, we, most of us have heard the the phrase location, location, location. So, oh, uh, that's the first thing we'll look at um, when doing uh, an appraisal for a property. And that's, you know, the same with its residential, commercial, industrial. So, obviously, a property on the coastline will be worth, you know, all else being equal, a lot more than something. Out in the desert, out you uh, know a lot more inland. So, right. with my home base being here in Irvine, I do a lot of valuations uh, on the beach cities like mm. Newport Beach, Laguna Beach. So, location near the water, near the coast, is generally you know most preferred. So, again, when we're valuing properties in this area, we we'll look at location. Uh, right. Then we will look at uh, the construction quality condition of a home. Obviously custom homes, high end homes, you know, semi custom. Those are generally worth more than just a regular tract home. Um, mm-hmm. you know, people like to live in something that's unique, right? We,
0: exactly.
1: we, we, we have, um, outside of real estate, we have people that collect cars, watches, right? Art. Mm-hmm. It's always good to have something that's like one out of 300, one out of 500, right? You have something that's very limited. So with real estate, similar. If you have a custom home designed by some architect, you have one of a kind. So, you know, that's also very important uh, on the list. And then obviously condition, size of the building, size of the lot, views. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's no really particular order where those come in, like what's more important, size of the lot or -hmm. condition or views or condition generally outside of location. The other factors can be switched around in order depending on the market, depending on the type of property. So it's us appraisers that determine, well, what's the next important feature for this home? Yes, it's located in the guard, you know, gated community near the, near the ocean, but what's more, uh, what's more of a value added feature here? The size of this building, the, the custom nature of the home, the views. So that's where the experience of appraisers come in. And um, and then you know the job is to pick the most similar sales in the area to compare to our property uh, homes yeah. that have the most similar views, location, mm-hmm. etc. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a, a rough okay. rundown of that.
0: <laughs> let, me, let me let me ask you how far out do you go with, as far as a radius to look for comps? All
1: well, that depends on a okay. few factors. Um, like most government agencies like Fannie Mae, FHA, they have guidelines that allow you to go up to one mile in most suburban oh, yeah. areas. If you're in a rural yeah. community, you can go further out. If you're like in a, you know, high density, uh, urban area and then half a mile is usually what's used. So yeah. again, that's for us as appraisers to determine. I'm doing work for a non lending client, you know, mm-hmm. let's say for the estate, for somebody or for tax purposes. Yeah, sure. Um, if it's some, if I'm in a high suburb, you know, high density area, somewhere in Orange County on L.A., I try to stick within two-thirds or three-quarters of a mile. Okay. I feel that's a good radius to go out. But, again, that could be pushed depending on the, you know, the type of and and the client.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I can, I can see, you know, because underwriters will look at that real close, you know, to see uh, are these comparables, you know, are, are they, can we use them? You know, I'm sure you've had that question come up at times uh, uh, with underwriters uh, going through uh, – the appraisal desk and so forth, but but you know, <clears throat> what if you, you the subject property is so unique? I mean, how do you find comps or something like that? What what would be the approach there?
1: Well, I and I have appraised unique properties over the years. You know, dome shaped homes, homes are overbuilt yeah. for the area. Oh yeah. Basically, yeah. Uh, I was just thinking about that when I was getting ready for this podcast. I've never ever had a property, and I've appraised over fifteen thousand homes in my career. Mm. Whether, as a you know trainee working with my mentor or or personally, so um I've never came across a property that I couldn't find comps. It's just a matter of pushing the criteria, pushing the boundaries that you're willing to look mm. you know sometimes maybe you have to go ten fifteen miles out, sometimes you have to go back five years out. Mm. There will be something that's sold somewhere that's remotely comparable uh Sure, there might be homes again, I, I don't um uh, discard the fact there may be a home that really has no comps, some you know, unique yes. tree house somewhere out in the <laughs> mountains.
0: Absolutely. Some, yeah.
1: yeah, but I've never personally came across a property that I couldn't find something remotely similar, mm-hmm. you know, within five, ten miles, maybe a few years back. You just mm-hmm. have to keep pushing that envelope, going further out, going to maybe another county. Mm-hmm. Um going back three, four, five, six years. Yeah. But if all else fails, the valuation methodology or valuation uh, logic suggests using the cost approach. Basically, well, what would it oh. cost to build a home you know, similar to this? And so then know. you would have to find you know, uh, vacant land sales, estimate the value of land, and then construction costs. So if all else fails, you can use the cost approach to Mm -hmm. arrive at a value opinion for something that's, you know, if it's so unique, there's really just nothing out there that even comes close.
0: Mm -hmm. The cost approach, uh, that would be um, what what an insurance company would use. Is that the rule of thumb? Yes. uh, To rebuild rebuild a home?
1: Yes. And I've had some clients, insurance companies, um, um, a real life example or, you know, a real example that I've had recently, uh, State Farm, I believe State Farm or farmers hired me last year. Remember, we had those fires, oh, you know, over California, and you know, here we go again with fire season. So one, um, one of these big insurance agents, uh, agencies, contacted me to do evaluation on the property that was burned down in the fire, and they mm-hmm. wanted me to use the cost approach as well to separate the value of the land from the improvements, because they wanted to know what, how much, value was lost to the building being burned down. This mm. land that doesn't depreciate, no. and you can't really insure land, right? So the company insured the improvements. So mm. they had me do an appraisal and separate the cost of the all the improvements, right? The the dwelling, the garage, you know, if there's mm. tax value, etc., versus just the value of land. So uh, you're right. Uh, insurance companies uh, sometimes for tax purposes uh, also. I've, I've had clients ask me to break down the cost uh, or the value of land versus improvements for, for like depreciation purposes, taxation purposes. So it's definitely an important approach to value. And like we just discussed, sometimes it's the only approach if the property is so unique, there's just nothing out there that's sold.
0: Good. Very good. So there, there is a way to work yourself through that. And uh, well, that's, that's great. And um, sounds like you've had some challenges, though, uh, along the way. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's look look at uh, a little closer when you when you do inspect uh, a home. Um, what do you what do you look for as far as conditions and uh, the framework or the structure and that sort of thing? The driveway walkways. What do you what do you look at?
1: Well, uh, I look at many things, and you know by now I'm fairly seasoned sure, uh, yes. doing this, starting in two thousand three, with about seventeen years of experience. Mm-hmm. So curb appeal. You know, it's definitely important. Uh, I, I try to look at the property through the eyes of potential buyer or investor. There you go. Yeah. If I'm pulling up to a property doing appraisal, I try to see, well, what, what is the first thing someone's going to see when they come to look at this property? How's the lawn? How's the driveway? Are there any cracks? Mm-hmm. Um, what is the curb appeal of this, uh, you know, this particular property? And then again, you have to look at the, the nature of the property. Is it conforming to the neighborhood? Is it overbuilt? Is the neighborhood predominantly you know, two-story Mediterranean homes and here you have this ranch home? So does it conform to the neighborhood? Does it kind of stand out? Does it stand out in a good or a bad way? Is the home custom? Is it not? Uh, so certain things add value in some market areas and some things don't. You know, the, the most simple example is, you know, pool and the spa. Here in Southern California, it generally adds value. If you have a pool and a spa in Chicago and Minnesota, public has no value, right? How many months are you going to use it? Just like with solar panels, solar panels here in in South Orange County and you know most of Southern California, they add value. If you put solar panels in Seattle or even San Francisco, that may not give you much value. It may even detract value from some liability or maintenance, you know, standpoint. So there's all those things you have to look at, um, as well as you know the layer of the property, like. Um, I do a lot of valuations in uh, 55 and older communities. Those mm-hmm. communities predominantly have one-story homes because older folk they don't want to come down, uh, climb up and down the stairs. Yeah. So if you have a two-story home in a senior community, that may detract from value because it's not going to be conforming to what the really what what that market, what that 55 and older community, you know, accepts. So a lot of those things, again, you have to really look at as a valuation expert and see, well, two-story home in the senior community with predominantly single-story homes, mm-hmm. that's not a good characteristic for this property. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, mm-hmm. you, and, you know, porches, patios, decks, also they fit, you know factor in, like, if you have a property uh, that has great views, let's say ocean views or lake views, you want that property to have a deck or a patio to enjoy those views. If a property doesn't have something like that where you can enjoy the property fully, enjoy those views and recreation area areas, like in the backyard or balcony, again, that detracts from value, Uh especially if the majority of the neighborhood has those features in the property. They can enjoy, you know, those attributes and characteristics of that neighborhood, you know, views and et cetera.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, that's... uh I can see what you're looking for there. Anything that can contribute toward the enjoyment of that property. That's uh, that's good. Uh, and by the way, what comes to mind here, um, once you make uh, or you, you provide a certified appraisal, an official appraisal, how uh, long would you say that appraisal is good for? Uh,
1: typically. Typically six months, But um, six months. That, okay. but that depends... Again, that depends on the, on the market intended and so use. Well, the market, yes, yes, the market yeah. changes, but also on the intended use of the appraisal. Ah. Okay. So, who is this for? <clears throat> who requested it? What purpose is the appraisal serving? Because mm-hmm. nobody ever gets an appraisal done for no reason. Uh, in fact, whenever I get a phone call from a new client or from any client, I say, What is the intended use? What is the purpose of this valuation? Um, nobody ever tells me. I don't know. I just want one done. I've never ever had that response. Somebody always has a purpose that this okay. appraisal will fill. So again, that depends on what the purpose is. But generally speaking, six months. Then generally, it's mm-hmm. for okay. six months.
0: Very good. Because uh, I, I, I can hear what you're saying there. Because I I have ordered appraisals, you know, and uh, on properties that uh, I've invested into, you know, and I use it as a selling tool. You know, and, and that's letting people know, you know, what the price of their eggs are, you know, and uh, and that sort of thing. So that uh, I, I've used that as a tool. Of course, a guy can come up with a CMA or a comparative market analysis, but you no, know, I think uh, an appraisal, an official appraisal, carries much uh, much credibility, and, and and there's more preponderance to what you're asking for as far as a price, you know. So no, I I I, I agree with you. Uh, so let 's say uh, you find yourself inside of a home and you 're looking at the condition you know and it 's in superb condition however however uh, the, the 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 home you know you got uh, different orders pet orders and I I have bought property with oh uh, cigarette smoke has just permeated everything you know does that impact value in, uh, from your yes
1: def- it definitely does. Um... I mean, as appraisers, we're we're trained and we're we're almost required to look past the like the personal uh, items or clutter or let's say (laughs) like I've appraised many homes of hoarders before, right? And we have to look past that because it's just personal stuff in there, like boxes, newspapers, whatever. So an order is a little bit tricky, a little bit more tricky. in order in the smell. Can you easily move that out? Like you know, let's say. A hoarder has a million boxes in the house. You can easily take those, right? Hire a company, carry them out. Uh, I mean, yes, there's an expense involved with it, but it doesn't uh, detract from the property. If you just take all that stuff out, you still have a property, you know, yes. with a relative decent condition. If it's not, you know, run down, uh with that with, it, with its location, etc. But with the smell, and I have place many homes with like cigarette smells or, or oh, cat yes. you know, orders. It's oh, yeah. a little bit tricky. You, it takes time effort and money to get rid of that. So if the smell is really bad and it's everywhere, I make an adjustment for condition. I kind of factor that into the condition yeah, of the property yeah. because when yeah. you clear the property out, you know, let's say you move everything out, right, all your personal stuff, the smell yeah. will generally linger. Sometimes it can linger for a oh, year. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah.
1: So something like that, I definitely would, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, detract from the property's value. How much? It depends on again the, the area, of the market, how bad the smell is, how big yes. the how big the property is. So it depends on a few factors.
0: Yeah, well, that's funny. You make a smell adjustment on that. Well,
1: yeah, <laughs> yes. And actually, uh, a true story. I've appraised a home once years yeah. ago, about uh, let's see, probably eight nine years ago. It was in a senior community, 55 and older community here in Costa del Sol, yeah. in uh, Mission Viejo, yeah. South Orange County. And the lady had about 25 cats. Oh, uh, my. She was like a true cat lady. You know, it reminds me of that episode from The Simpsons, right? So she was like a true, yeah. you know, uh, bonafide cat lady here. And the smell was so bad, I had to go outside every couple of minutes just to breathe. It was really bad. And I remember even asking her, like, how many cats do you have? And she goes, well, there were 25, but I think some of them have reproduced. There's probably oh more than oh <laughs> So. There was cats everywhere. They ran the house. Mm -hmm. And I had to make an adjustment because the house was in relatively bad condition. It was run down, but there was smell, there were stains, right, from these animals, from the cats. And it was just so bad I couldn't (laughs) leave them there. And I knew even if all that was removed, you know, Mm -hmm. let's say she moved out and she moved her cats out, that Mm -hmm. smell would stay with the house. It would take a lot of time, money to get rid of that. So, yeah. I made a pretty significant adjustment for those factors.
0: There you go. Yeah. Because I, I can see that you have to remove carpet if, if it's necessary, you know, and just. All, oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. It, it carpeting down to the. You, you yeah. would have to remove yeah. not only uh, the carpeting, you would have to repaint the walls. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You would have to even like the, the subfloor. Sometimes, if the carpet's over like the original hardwood, you may even mm-hmm. have to go down remove that subfloor underneath the carpet. Uh, remove mm. the baseboards, crown moldings if they're there because wood can, you know, can have the smell seep into it. Yeah. So you may have to remove a lot more than just carpet to get rid of mm. that smell.
0: My goodness. Okay. Well, that's good to know uh, for the, uh, our listenership, you know, to, you know, to make, keep, keep on those things if they ever want to ever decide to sell. My other question, how much scrutiny do you, do you provide or give to sheds and outbuildings on, on a piece of property?
1: Well, that's an in- interesting question, Ben. So, in fact, I had recently somebody who contacted me on Yelp. She was asking if mm-hmm. an ADU, uh, ADU stands for accessory dwelling unit, if that would add value to her home, and if mm-hmm. so, how much. So, you know, a, a traditional storage shed, you know, let's say it's like eight by eight or eight by six, I usually make an adjustment of like one or two thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and all else being equal, but you have to look at to see well is the shed going to stay with the property is it part of the real estate or is it more of like a personal property which is similar to how i look at like an above ground spa right those jacuzzis you can order oh, yes. if yes. they get delivered that's borderline between personal property and part of the real estate mm-hmm. sure if they're like built in to the to the home with, or to the to the lot with like you know, foundation or if it's really built into the to the to the property and I will give it some value because generally it does add value, right? At a storage shed, you can store your lawnmower in there or some, yes. you know, some boxes. So depending on the market and the condition and size of this feature, I will give some value to storage mm-hmm. sheds, outbuildings, right? In some of these more rural, a- rural areas, you have like um, stables, you have barns, you have mm-hmm. workshop oh, yes. sheds, right? Tool right. sheds. So they generally do add value to those, uh, to those, you know, properties because they have some, you know, some, some usability, somebody can use them. Even if, let's say you bought a house and there was like a big tool shed, even if you're not a mechanic yourself, you can probably use it for something else, right? You can store something there. Um, or at least, you know, it can be like, yeah, like an additional storage or you can convert it to like detached office. So generally right. speaking, I give some value to those structures. But that depends on their condition, their size. Are they mm-hmm. really built into the property or are they movable? You know, are they mobile? Can you just easily take it and move it? Um, you know, which is also similar with accessory dwelling units with ADUs. Mm-hmm. Are they... Uh, also, first of all, is, is the improvement permitted? Sometimes people add an additional square footage or structure to the property, but most cities and counties, they want you to get a permit for any kind of additions. Yeah, so if something's been added to the property, but it's not permitted, I may give it no value at all because if there's no permits. You don't know if it's been done in a workmanlike matter. You don't know if exactly. it's safe. You don't know if it's to code. Mm-hmm. And some municipalities will fine you if you have additions that are not permitted. Some of them will send you a fine. Say, hey, look, get this... You know, get rid of the structure, or mm-hmm. you know, have us come out to sign off on it. You know, pull some permits, or you know, get rid of it. So
0: yes.
1: again, it depends on the quite a few factors okay. whether I give it in value to something and how much yeah. and how much value.
0: I, I can appreciate that, and I, I've been you know seeing cases where I'm just better off to demolish the darn thing, you know, and because there's no value, <laughs> it becomes more of a liability, you know, when. <clears throat> with some sheds you know so yeah they just just got to look at it from uh, from all angles on that. Uh, and by the way you mentioned a uh, workman uh, like manner so these appraisers appraisals are, are they um, as is or do you recommend other professionals to look at uh, maybe a, a potential issue with the structure and that sort of thing
1: uh generally most appraisals are as is okay uh, i don't remember the situation i got asked that in court for a <laughs> um, for an appraisal, I did, and then involved some litigation, and I was testifying. Yeah. And uh, I think one of the attorneys asked me, "Well, is it true that most appraisals are con- uh, completed as is?" And I said, "Yes, they generally are." Um, so let's say something is there—the property—but there's no permits. Mm. Let's say an improvement, you know, um, uh, like I don't know, a converted patio was done, so yeah. the enclosed sure. patio made it into a sunroom, but there were no permits pulled. So I'll have to take a look and see from a trained <laughs> eye, does this conform to the market? Does this look like it's going to fall apart tomorrow if a you know, small storm comes? But mm-hmm. since I'm not a general contractor, I'm not a home inspector, right. I can't sure. So I always recommend you know homeowners, if they bought a property with an improvement, I tell yeah. them, you know, this looks fine, but maybe hire a contractor, have somebody come out and take a look at this. Yeah, um, okay. The so workman-like matter, again, just means that it's done by qualified professionals. This is sound. Okay. This is safe. Very this good. is not going to uh, be a burden or a safety issue on this property. Okay. And it will pass the city, you know, the codes, the city inspections. Um, so that's generally how I look at you know, workman-like matter, which mm-hmm. is, again, a term fairly common that the, uh, the lenders use. In fact, sometimes when I'm doing an appraisal and I mention an addition, the lender wants got comments in there. Is this addition done in a work manner, matter or is it not? Mm-hmm. So it's a common term they throw around for it improvements is. that were added on to.
0: Yes, very good. We are enjoying the company of John Gritchen, a professional appraiser and owner of uh, North Star appraisal services, and he 's helping us to appreciate what goes into an appraisal so you know when you when you purchase a a home uh isn 't it true that uh, you not only purchase that home but you you 're also purchasing the neighborhood so let 's say next door to that home there you, you have an a, a clunker of a car and grown uh lawn overgrown grown lawn and you know and, and the car sits right in the middle of the yard you know I mean, and the yard goes up to adjacent to your uh, your yard, which is manicured and meticulous. You know, how do you look at that?
1: Well, yes, you're you're correct. When you're buying a home, you're buying a neighborhood. I mean, I've seen shacks sell for a million dollars because they're a nice neighborhood. Yeah, you know, is. they're going to And I've seen big, yeah. you know, giant mansions sell for mm-hmm. pennies on the dollar because they're in a bad area that's going through some. Um, uh, you know, decline or going through some, some trouble or some, uh, uh, decline in income and, uh, marketability mm-hmm. and appeal. So when I'm in a home and it has, you know, an eyesore next door, you know, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. a clunker of a, a car in the, in the driveway and just run down landscaping. Of course, that, that will detract from the subject property because, again, I try to put myself in, in the, in the shoes of somebody buying this property. So say I buy this property and then every day I have to look at this eyesore next door, right? Yeah. Um, and that usually also comes with, you know, other factors, uh, you know, somebody who's living like that with a rundown landscape and etc. Those type of people are generally not, you know, what's the best way to say it here? Uh, mm-hmm. They're not the most friendly or maybe yeah. bright or, or, or professional, right? Or... Yeah. Um, responsible people. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there may be, you know, drug activity on the property. Sometimes there may be some other crime. Sometimes you get suspicious characters coming by late at night making noise. Those are not Mm -hmm. the most, uh, you know, respectable people that live like that with just really run down house, uh, you know, rusting away cars and other things (laughs) that we can imagine. And I'm sure that, you know, the listeners that listen to this Maybe have some neighbors or know people with neighbors like that. Um, so I definitely deduct from a property that is next door to, you know, properties like this that are really run down because it is a nuisance. It is an inconvenience. It is, um, a loss of value and enjoyability of your home. And you're living to somebody like that versus if you live next door to, you know, uh, a respected individual, you know, uh, individual that takes care of their property and doesn't let it run down and you know you don't have to look at an eyesore every day so i definitely do how much an adjustment it varies from market to market property to property but generally i will make an adjustment downward for those you know to those kind of properties
0: Very good and over the years i have um, acquired property and uh, and uh, and like i indicated earlier I, I sometimes order an appraisal an official appraisal and, you know, by far, uh, John, I want you to know, by far, the buyer is related to next door. So I always go <laughs> go to next door or across the street or on the block. There's always a family member that wants to be nearby, you know? Yeah. So that kind of takes off the pressure. I remember one, I'll tell you one, <clears throat> I'll recount this to you. I went to one fellow next door. So he was interested, obviously. He invites me in for a cup of coffee and... Uh, Unfortunately, my better half of it was with was with me, so I couldn't get in too much trouble, right? So, <laughs> so I walk yeah. in there. You know, I ambled uh, in there and sat down, and he offered me a, he offered me a cup of coffee. And uh, he goes to the other room. He comes back with a cup of coffee, and and I I, I sipped it just slightly to see, because you know, I me mean, I'm kind of a cynic, you know, <laughs> by nature. <laughs> and obviously, he had put something in it. And, and and I want you to know, it, it tasted good. <laughs> yeah. So I enjoyed that cup of coffee. He offered me a second. So what he was trying to do is soften the negotiation process, right? That You know, he couldn't fool me. So uh, he offered me a second cup of coffee. And I my excuse, well, it's cold outside, you know, so why not? <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I, I still walked out of there with my original price. But, you know, I believe I had an appraisal in hand. You see, so... Uh, whoever's listening, you know, if you want to sell a property, they, you know, get an appraisal because that carries a lot of weight. And you uh, no, he didn't think, oh, I, you know, he, 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 I think he bought it for his daughter. And uh, but me, uh, by far, that's how I've sold some of the properties I have acquired over the years. Just talk to the person next door. And if their lifestyle is like what we're just described, you know, where they're messy and so forth. Well, you know, uh, the relatives already knows them all about that right so yes it's not, it's not a barrier so so no i, I do appreciate those thoughts <clears throat> okay Oh, oh sorry i w-
1: wanted to add one other comment you just yes you know, made me think of something you're you know saying or uh you know you had a couple cups of coffee and <laughs> certain certain de- uh just, just just make us want to you know you, you know, purchase something. It's like when you go buy a car, right? What do they do? They bring you oh, coffee, they do oh, this, yeah. they, they try to oh, pamper yeah. you, get you a popcorn. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, so I've had in my experience, especially if uh, I'm doing a property for a sale, a purchase, right. Let's say, which happens quite often. Um, an all cash buyer will hire me to do an appraisal because they want to do due diligence right. and, um, had this many times I can even probably count, uh, or, or, uh, think about in my head all these situations what I've had. So uh, a, a, a person paying all cash doesn't need an appraisal from the bank, right? Because there's no bank involved. Mm-hmm. It's an all cash deal. So they'll hire an appraiser to do an appraisal, make sure the value is good. So I remember a couple instances I would show up to the property and the listing agent who's trying to sell this property. They will be trying, they will be trying to like, you know, uh, influence you by saying, oh, you know, I do a lot of work in this area. I'm sure I can give you a lot more business. You know, this property is definitely worth, you know, whatever it is, two, three million, whatever it's, uh, you know, they listed, but they'll try to sway, uh, sway me or bias me, uh, persuade me into coming in higher. And like I said, some of the tactics are additional business. I've had one guy say, oh, you know, there's a lot of gated communities here. I know all the associations I can get you into any gated communities for comps or whatever. Um, or, oh, I have this good partnership with this bank. They can send you a lot more work. So I tell you, it never fails me that these uh, new ways some of these agents and you know, other uh, vested parties in the transactions mm-hmm. will try to yeah. persuade me to, you know, fair, to appraise the property uh, at a favorable, favorable value to them. Oh, yeah. And, uh, so I, I completely understand what you were saying. Oh, yeah. Somebody's trying to do a cup of coffee and, and warm you up. I yeah, get that warm me
0: up a bit. To, with something in it, you know. It might have been some, a little bit of Southern comfort <laughs> probably in there, you know. But, and by the <laughs> way, I, let me let me make it clear. I walked out of, out of there. I didn't stumble out of there, okay? I just want to make sure you understood that. <laughs> so how about this, uh, <clears throat> this point here? If something maybe has happened that's uh, maybe unpleasant or something violent happened in that home, um, you know what comes to mind back in um, you know the Charles Manson, you know, with uh, Sharon Tate, that home, you know, that, what took place in that home. I think of the the Heaven Gates uh, massive uh, oh, yes. suicide, and was it Rancho Santa Fe? I mean, how do yeah. you handle something like that, it John?
1: In, it Was in San Diego County, I think, right? Yeah, uh, as it was. So, what was your question,
0: Ben? So, how do you handle the the value? I mean, is, is there a, a repercussion on value? Yes.
1: I mean, there is, there is a stigma associated with properties like that. And, um, generally speaking, I, or for personal experience, I've never appraised properties Mm -hmm. with murders, uh, or, you know, big, you know, huge suicide, um, situations like, like, you know, from this, uh, clan, um, I have appraised properties with individual suicides. I've done a few of those. Uh, Where somebody committed suicide in the property. So generally speaking, you have to try to find a property that's sold in the area that had a similar. It's called the term is stigma, right? Similar uh, event that happened that will detract Mm -hmm. from the value of the property, right? Stigma. Um, If there is no such property that's sold, then you just make a educated adjustment uh, opinion educated adjustment right. so as appraisers you know we're trained to factor in and just make an educated guess of what something could have an effect on value again ideally we have to extract that from the market like I give an example a lot of people ask me well how, do you, how much does a garage add to a property mm. so let's say you have two exact properties almost identical the only difference is one has a two-car garage one three-car garage usually I can look at the market and see well, look the properties are selling at about $10,000 more with a three-car garage versus a two-car garage, all else being equal. So I know I can extract the value of a garage from comps, from sales, and say, look, here's data that supports a garage, is an additional third-car garage adds about 10 grand. So ideally, that's what you want to do with something like this. You have to look at sales that had a mass suicide Mm -hmm. happen. But how how Mm -hmm. many properties like that do we know, right? It doesn't happen very often, you know. Thank yeah. God for, 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 obviously for good reasons, it doesn't. But if we can't extract that contributory or attracting value from the market, we have to make an edu- educated guess. Mm. So generally, if there is a, um, like this last real example I've had with a suicide, the prop- uh, my client's father hung himself in this property and he was getting the property done for the estate.
0: Mm.
1: So I, I subtracted, I think it was three or four percent off the top. So, I think it was roughly a $500,000 home. So, I subtracted about 20000 mm-hmm. um, 15000 20000 from my value painting just for that factor yeah. alone, just for that, yes. um, you know, unfortunate event that somebody committed suicide in this property. Now, mm-hmm. natural death from natural causes, I generally don't. Yeah, that's at all. If somebody just died in their sleep or whatnot, right. but suicide, murder, um, if it's a drug house, right, and you have, all meth right. labs or appraised the last year house that they grew marijuana in the garage and everywhere and it mm-hmm. smelled something like that you also would make an adjustment because it has a negative stigma and obviously <clears throat> it's not a very good home to be living in you know imagine you have a family with you know, little kids and you moved into a, a drug house right? It's, right it's not a good situation so for those situations i definitely make an adjustment and like mm-hmm. i said i try to look to see if there's something in the market where I can extract that multiplier or that percentage increase or decrease. You know, obviously for stigma it's a decrease in value. So I try to extract that and attribute it to the valuation I'm doing. But it's not always available. So then I just use my you know best judgment like from my experience.
0: Sure. You know it um I guess it's just relative, you know you you get somebody that's really sensitive I don't about buying that property or what took place, then you get somebody else that uh, uh you know I think it's a bargain <laughs>
1: yeah. so it's
0: very subjective you know, very subjective, but uh, yeah. that's how it is, but uh, if I was the owner, I'd just give it a complete makeover you know paint it, give it a different look, you know, try to mitigate uh, the, the the stigma as much as possible but Sometimes, uh, you know, it's, 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 it lingers for a while. But Respect.
1: that comes with the cost, right? That comes yeah. with the cost to, to you with time, effort, right? Stress, money. Right. So that costs you. Most of us don't <laughs> want to do too so much work to house. But you're buying a house with those, those things, you know, you, you mentioned you can repaint it or doing something, but that comes with the cost. Right. Time, stress, money, etc. So, which detracts then from value because Now you have to exert effort bringing this home up to par to what it should have been if it wasn't for those negative attributes.
0: Right. Yeah. Boy, that's good. There's lots to think about and I appreciate your thoughts on that. You know, at this point, would you uh, be so kind to to relate your, your thoughts on the condition of the real estate market there in Southern California, John?
1: Well, I've actually, you know, our company, have, we've been more busy now than we were before this pandemic started uh, wow, for, okay. a few, for a few main reasons. Um, reason. Number one, divorces are up. <laughs> uh, well, again, not in this particular word. Number one, I don't mean this is the most important. I'm just kind of listing yes. yes, the reasons. Divorces geez. are up, right? People are living together getting sick of each other. So in a divorce, no, no. In a divorce if there's property <laughs> involved, we need to get appraised and sold. So we're doing appraisals for divorces. Uh, BKs are up, right? People are losing their jobs. Right. Their business, we're doing appraisals for BKs, interest mm-hmm. rates, all time low, oh, really fine. Absolutely. We're doing a lot more work and a lot more valuation. So what I'm seeing is the market is going up in one segment, going mm-hmm. down in another, and in another segment is just kind of flat. Mm-hmm. So I'm seeing the high end market, the high end in this area in SoCal is generally mm-hmm. a million and a half, million and three quarters and up. So that market. Is kind of stagnant and even going down, down in some areas.
0: Mm-hmm. The
1: million and a quarter and below market is selling pretty, pretty hot. I've even seen mm-hmm. prices going up in that low to mid range market, uh, in orange and parts of LA County, which I was, to be honest, uh, I was a little bit surprised. Mm-hmm. I thought that when the pandemic was going to hit that, real estate is just going to be dropping, you know, it varies percentages, but I thought real estate mm-hmm. will be dropping at pretty much all levels. That is yeah. not the case. A lot of my clients, who are investors and real estate agents, they're seeing the same thing. A lot of these homes, in the you know, in under a million a quarter are going up, <laughs> but the super high end, like four or five million and up, now you know that's sinking like the Titanic uh, because mm. it's hard to obtain financing. You know, the jumbo loans. A lot of banks right. aren't doing jumbo loans. Right. A lot of people are scared. People with that kind of money are usually smart, right? I've, Rarely met a multimillionaire or somebody buying a home for four or five million, you know, mm-hmm. who's not intelligent at all. You know, a right. Right. Usually, those people are fairly educated.
0: Very, very sophisticated. money,
1: so right. they they know they follow the market. They don't make bad decisions usually, right. and a lot of those people are, are are being careful right now. They're being, um, you know, they're they're waiting and seeing. Like I have some clients that are looking to buy. Homes in the three and four million dollar range, and they're 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 waiting right now. They want to see yeah. this pandemic end. They want to see the election go by. So they're sitting <laughs> on the sidelines. So yeah. when you have a lot of people, or potential buyers, sitting on the sidelines, and then you have a lot of inventory, you know, it's a basic principle, you know, economics 101, supply and demand, right? When the supply right. goes up and the right. demand goes down, prices will drop. So mm. the supply is. If anything, it's going up in that high end market. People trying to sell their high end homes, cash in on that equity, maybe downsize, move into a less expensive home. Maybe gotcha. if they lost their, their jobs or the businesses, they're trying to, um, minimize their expenses, right? Live in the smaller homes. So the inventory of high end homes is going up and their demand is going down. And that's bringing the prices in that hand, in that high end market down, mm-hmm. at least in most of Orange and LA County markets that I've been doing valuations in, in the last four or five months. And like I said, there's many factors to it. I just touched up on a couple of them, but, you know, the interest rates, as low as they are, they're still kind of keeping it from just being a complete disaster on the high end, but it's still not enough to um, really show a decline in those high end homes. Mm -hmm. And Like I said, depending on which neighborhood, which city you're looking at, like right. kind of mid range market, million and a quarter, million and a half to mm. around two million that's kind of holding okay. And like I said, a million and a quarter and down in many areas, it's going up surprisingly.
0: I've seen that I've seen where they have bidding bidding wars, you know, uh, in that price range, you know, and, and sometimes it exceeds the appraisal, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, like, yes. and then, and of course, then they decide, well, well, we'll split the difference, you know, from the appraisal and, and the uh accepted offers so yeah yeah that, that, that happens a lot it's happening a lot right now actually what,
1: what but one person one uh one client of mine she said that she thinks this is happening because people are uh you know the bidding wars because people aren't working in offices anymore so people right. are moving from their off you know they're not in the an office anymore. so they're either selling or closing their offices and they're buying homes Closer to where their office is, like let's say your office is in you know L.A., and before you lived in I don't know it was, you was lived in like Sherman Oaks. So your 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 office in L.A. maybe is closed, but you still want to be kind of close to that. So you, maybe you'll be looking to buy a home near downtown area, and you can maybe get a little bit nicer home than you had before, or same kind of home, but you can still be close to where your work was. So depending on what industry you're working in, maybe it's still beneficial for you to be in that area. So a lot of people are buying homes in those areas where their offices were, so they can be close to, you know, wherever their their office was.
0: True. And
1: you know, to them, it still makes financial sense to buy in that area. So you know, that was one explanation provided to me by a real estate agent yeah, I worked true. with for years, and you know, I think there's something to that, but. I think there's many many reasons why the low end yeah. market is going up.
0: Yeah, yeah, there there are different variables to that. But uh, wow, <clears throat> I really enjoyed uh, um, your visit, uh, John. And uh, before I let you go, give us your 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 uh, website and, and phone number for someone to for our listenership to contact you.
1: Yeah. So again, our company is North Star Appraisal Services. It's www.northstar appraiser atptraiser.com um our number is direct uh, direct phone number to me is 949 231 7989 we're on Yelp and we're on HomeAdvisor just uh, if you're you looking can. on Yelp just put in North Star Appraisal Services or North Star Appraisal in Costa Mesa yeah. uh, and we'll, you'll see our our Yelp page with all our reviews and um, happy customers and you know similar for HomeAdvisor just I think, um, North Star Appraisal on the Home Advisor site. So yeah. you can see all the testimonials from prior clients and get some yeah. pricing information as well.
0: Very good. Love that name, though. North Star. Huh. I really do. That's a good metaphor. Oh, thanks, and uh, so, I, again, I, I thank you, my friend, for spending some time with us and uh, enjoy the rest of your day, John. And thank you. You, you as well, Ben. Listeners, if you have a specific topic you want to discuss that is germane to the real estate industry, drop me a note at yourlotandparcel.com. And now, if you will excuse me. This program has been produced by Isaac Diaz with music by Echo Foxtown. All the opinions expressed in this podcast are opinions only and should not be relied on. For more information, please visit the website yourlotandparcel.com.